Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll check in with some local farmers and find out how the harvest is coming along. Also, we'll chat with Karen Proud, President and CEO of Fertilizer Canada. And at first in today's country comment, we'll get an update on Manitoba's potato harvest from Vikram Bisht with Manitoba Agriculture. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is Vikram Bisht with Manitoba Agriculture to give us an update on the province's potato harvest. The harvest has started uh, and uh, are putting the uh, product into the storage now. Uh, basically, today is the uh, uh, first day when the major harvesting will be for many of the growers. Uh, some did start uh, last week and earlier, uh, especially the fresh market and uh, the direct from field to the processing. But for the storage uh, potatoes, the harvest is basically just beginning this week. Uh, about 5 to 10% of the crop may have been harvested, uh, depending on the estimates that I have been able to gather. Uh, so the harvest weather is pretty good. And uh, even though we have one or two hot days, things are going to cool down, which is uh, going to be very good. Uh, hot weather uh, does not help in the storability of the crop. What have you been hearing for yields on, on uh, the crop that's come off already? The yields have been uh, average. Uh, the varieties that are being harvested currently are the uh, rather earlier maturing varieties as compared to the long-duration Russet Burbank, and that one uh, will take a few more days uh, to catch up to uh, the average crop. So delayed planting for majority of the Russet Burbank uh, could bring down the average, but currently it is not bad is good. Has there been enough um, moisture here to finish up the season? Or Yes, there is plenty of moisture in the ground. There has been some need for irrigation for the crops which are still green. And uh, so there has been no shortage uh, of water at the moment. So I think we'll finish up well. What about um, insects? Um, just reading the reports here, we, we're seeing some aphids. Yeah, the aphids basically have finished. The seed crop has been terminated uh, because the aphid numbers were increasing. This year, we got a fair number of uh, green peach aphids, which is a very efficient virus transmitter. And for that reason, a lot of growers who would have wanted to take advantage of good harvest weather, uh, did not want to continue uh, because of the risk for virus transmission. And for diseases, um, purple top disease, is that one we're seeing as well? Uh, That has been uh, very, very minor. Purple top uh, happens uh, with the phytoplasma. It's almost like a bacteria that is transmitted by the aster leaf hoppers. And... uh, it causes aster yellows 
in the flowers and many other crops. On uh, canola, it can do some damage as well, converting the flowers into uh, flat pods, which are non-productive. But on potatoes, it has a very minor impact because it is affecting uh, only the top growth. It is an indication that the leaf hoppers are in high numbers, but uh, it is not going to be uh, impacting the seed or the tubers because it is very late. What about uh, late blight? Um, are we still okay there? Uh, the late blight uh, risk is uh, basically very low because of the warm, dry conditions that we have had for quite some time. Uh, we have had uh, some reports of late blight from uh, uh, Michigan, uh, and some spores were trapped in Ontario, and also there was late blight in British Columbia in mid-July. Uh, however, no other areas closer to us have reported any late blight. So I would say at this late stage, uh, late blight would not be a, a risk to our predators. That was Vikram Bisht with Manitoba Agriculture updating us on the province's potato harvest. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Manitoba's canola harvest is slowly getting underway. Justine Cornelson with Brett Young talked about early yield numbers. You know what, great for the, the crops that got established. Variants, of course, you know, stuff down kind of at that 30 range and then well up over 50, um, up into the 60 range. So there are some really decent yields coming off so far. Um, and I imagine some of these crops that are going to come off maybe this week or into next week are, are going to be fairly, fairly good yielding as well. A little bit later maturing, um, but they were just, like I said, a lot of our stuff got didn't get seeded until June. So this is kind of on time. And um, I said the forecasts in has been good. You know, we haven't had lots of big windstorms, anything like that. A new report released from Fertilizer Canada and the Canola Council of Canada shows Canada can continue to increase crop yields while significantly reducing greenhouse gas emissions from fertilizer application using available tools and technology. Karen Proud is president and CEO of Fertilizer Canada. While we've made a lot of progress, we still you know, have a little ways to go. The study indicates that we could reduce our emissions by 2030 by as much as 14%, which, which is you know, quite substantial. The report indicates this goal can be achieved without jeopardizing food security through the adoption of aggressive but attainable levels of 4R best management practices. And after years of waiting because of the pandemic, a clinical trial on flaxseed and its effects on memory loss is happening at Winnipeg's St. Boniface Hospital Research Centre. The research involves giving participants flaxseed beverage to drink daily for six months. A research associate says the flaxseed is high in omega-3 and other fatty acids, which can help to improve memory, circulation and inflammation. The researchers are looking for participants between 60 and 84 years of age with mild memory loss and cognitive impairment, but who are otherwise healthy. That was a look at today's Farm News. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, September 13th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Karen Proud, President and CEO with Fertilizer Canada. A new report released from Fertilizer Canada and the Canola Council of Canada 
shows the country can continue to increase crop yields while significantly reducing greenhouse gas emissions from fertilizer application using available tools and technology. Karen Proud is president and CEO of Fertilizer Canada. So this is a report that uh, we commissioned along with the Canola Council of Canada. So we didn't do it ourselves. We um, got experts in the the field to look at this, Um, really to see what is practical and feasible from an emissions reduction standpoint uh, from the use of of fertilizer. And I think, um, you know, the, the top line is uh, really what I think is a very good news story, which is um, what what our study showed is that while we've made a lot of progress, we still you know have a little ways to go, and um, you know the study indicates that we could reduce our emissions by 2030 by as much as 14 percent, which which is you know quite substantial. Yeah, I guess talk a little bit about um, you know what uh, how that will be done. So uh, the study looked at um, how we could use our existing for our nutrient stewardship program, and so those are best farm management practices, how we could, through greater adoption of those practices, uh, reduce our emissions. Because the whole concept behind the for our nutrient stewardship is that it's a sort of suite of practices that allow farmers to both maximize their productivity and increase their yields while also reducing emissions. And that's really the balance that's so very important when when we look at this. And so the study looked at kind of the costs and what would be a realistic level of adoption of these sort of advanced practices um, uh, across Canada. And that's how we got to um, the 14%. Now, Karen, with, with an increase in global food insecurity, talk a little bit about um, just the importance of, of fertilizer in food production. Well, you can't grow uh, the uh, amount of food we need to feed the world without fertilizer. So fertilizer accounts for, some estimates uh, have said, up to 50% of the food we eat now is due to fertilizers. So um, as we are asked to grow more and more without increasing the size of of farms, we have to do more with less. And that means we have to be uh, more intensely farming on the acres that we have. And that requires uh, the use of of fertilizer and, and in some cases increasing the use of fertilizers. And talk a little bit about um, just dollar wise, you know, um, you know, how much farm farm incomes would increase under this, uh, um, I guess, plan. So we looked at the the cost um, because these these farm management uh, practices don't come without a cost. I mean, it's whenever you have to uh, implement uh, new practices, there are costs involved and depending on the practice you're implementing, the, the costs are, are sort of more or, or less uh, depending on the how advanced those practices are and whether you need to buy new equipment or, or um, do more testing and, and those sorts of things. So what the study looked at was, you know, how do we still um, make things profitable for the farmer if they're going to be incurring these costs. And, and that was the model um, that, that we sort of looked at to ensure um, 
that it does make sense for, for farmers because obviously we can't ask any business to take on additional costs if they're not going to um, benefit from them. Right. Uh, any final thoughts here, Karen? Uh, as I, I said from the, from the beginning, I think this is a really great news story. Um, you know, we still, 14% uh, emissions reduction is substantial. I think it does demonstrate that, that Canadian farmers have already come a very long way. We are the most, uh, among the most sustainable users of, of nitrogen fertilizers in the world, and, but we still have some, some ways to go. So my hope is that our study is going to, to prompt some discussions with the, the federal government as to how we now go about trying to increase that adoption of um, the 4-Hour uh, Nutrient Stewardship Program and those advanced practices. And it's really, I think, a way for us to, to start talking about what's possible and how do we get there. That was Karen Proud, President and CEO with Fertilizer Canada. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Wildlife Federation is hosting a webinar on September 27th titled Wild Cultivation, Traditional Plant Management Systems of Northwestern North America. You can register on the Canadian Wildlife Federation website. And looking ahead, the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is hosting the 5th Annual Regenerative Agriculture Conference November 14th and 15th in Brandon. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon. Time now to check in with some local farmers and find out how they're making out with harvest. Reporter Barry Lamb caught up with Steve Megason, a farmer in the Goodlands area. Harvest is uh, going very well. Um, we only have a few days left here, and um, the wheat yield was uh, was very good, and uh, and the canola yield isn't quite what we expected, but it's also very good here. So, and we yeah we're almost done. We have a couple of. Uh, couple of days left and uh, that feels pretty good so it's been a, a really good run of g- great weather to help us keep going you know it's it's nice when you can start in the morning instead of waiting for the dew to burn off and and not get going till two o'clock in the afternoon so that's been uh, good weather for us and did you get your seed in the ground in reasonable time this year because I know some producers are uh, a little bit behind but uh, where are you at with your overall normal uh, harvest time Pretty well, pretty well right on normal harvest time. I, I was only about two weeks late getting started seeding, and then with this, we missed a lot of rain here, and so the crop really, uh, really ripened quickly and all kind of came in at the same time, and uh, so we were able to harvest pretty much on time. And the, the quality uh, and yield, just touch on that a little bit? Quality looks really good on the wheat and the canola, and uh, yeah, the wheat yield was uh, probably above average, and the canola looks to be uh, radian average or slightly above. And with a bit of rain in the forecast for this week, you hope to be done up uh, before any rain gets here? Sure, that would be great. I'm, uh, I'm hoping the next two days will get us wrapped up. How about in the region? What are you hearing from other producers? Uh, how, how far along are they and uh, what, what challenges might lie ahead for them? I'm, 
I'm hearing uh, north of number one highway um, is still late. Uh, they didn't get seeding uh, till later in the in the spring, and people around Winnipeg aren't done uh, very much either. I have family just outside of Winnipeg, and they're only 16% harvested right now. And so, yeah, then, you know, the thing is the... The challenges are the days get short and uh, the nights are colder, so it's wetter in the morning. It's it's harder to get a good number of hours harvesting in a day. So hopefully things hang on for them. That was Goodlands area farmer Steve Magison. I caught up with David Hamblin yesterday. He farms in the Morris area. Good. Uh, you know, we had a real struggle to the start of the harvest there with wet weather and humidity every day. And Mother Nature has cooperated the last few weeks and given us some really nice conditions to, to get started. What have you taken off so far? We've got our, uh, our, our, our early wheat and canola off. Uh, we had about half of our land was flooded by the Red River, so we're done our early seeded stuff and waiting for the, for the later uh, flood land here now. And what kind of yields did you see on the uh, wheat and canola? Uh, they were good. Wheat was Kind of in the, the, the higher yielding wheats were up in the high 80s, uh, I guess, and uh, the Red Springs were 70 to 80, and canola in the low 50s, so certainly nothing to complain about. Do you have uh, later season crops as well that you're waiting on? Or? Uh, yes, we've got some corn that, uh, that looks really good, and hopefully we uh, don't see any frost here for another few weeks and uh, looking forward to getting in and seeing what uh, the corn and beans can do because they both look uh, look pretty good right now. Were you able to get everything, all your land seeded this year, um, just a little bit later on some? Or? Yeah, short of a, you know, maybe 20 acres or so of real low stuff along the river. We got most of it most of it in. It's, it's you know, very late, and uh, we're not expecting anywhere near the yield on the, on the late seeded uh, fields as we did on the early seeded, but uh, all things considered, uh, it looked like we may not seed at all for a while there, and uh, mucked, mucked a lot in there and went around a lot of low spots right around the 20th of June, and uh, you know we'll see. There's definitely something there. It's probably not bumper crop, but considering seeding on June 20th in the mud, it, uh, it looks pretty Pretty good. So. You mentioned the great weather we've been having. Looks like we could could get some rain here later this week. I guess. Um, what's what's the uh, attitude there? Just trying to get get what you can done now, or? Yeah, we'll probably push. We have some of our wheat that maybe isn't quite ready. Some of our later seeded stuff that we may push it a little bit and put it in the bin a little wetter than we normally would, just to get it in ahead of that rain. But uh, we've also got uh, we're seeding fall rye right now and. Uh, have a number of customers looking to do the same, and it's actually, uh, you know, we, we want to be careful as to how much we ask for, but that, that top little bit of the ground is pretty, pretty dry, so for the guys that are seeding fall crops, a little bit of rain would be, would be welcome. Do you expect to see more fall rye go in this year? I've, I've heard that might be an option for some farmers. Uh, you know, it's a little bit up in the air. I think there's a lot of a lot of interest. A lot of people want to get it in. Uh, certainly appreciated after the challenging spring we had this year, uh, having a few acres that they didn't have to worry about planting uh, and spreading out that workload was certainly uh, a pretty big benefit to a lot of farms. Uh, the challenge uh, for for growers planting is just the lateness of the harvest. But I think the way this last couple of weeks has gone, uh, a lot of that. Uh, 
harvest has happened faster than people maybe thought would have, and we're, we can seed rye up till the 25th of uh, September for crop insurance and extended right to the 30th. And a lot of people didn't think they'd have any canola off in time to seed, and I think the way harvest has progressed quickly, we may see quite a few people with canola off. And if we get a little bit of rain this week, that you know, you'll be able to seed before you'll be able to go back combining again. So there, there could be a, a bit of a push there from, from growers just trying to get a, a little bit in just to spread out that workload for, for next year. When do you think you'll um, get into the uh, corn and soybeans? You know, is that kind of mid mid October you'd be looking at? Or I think there's some early early soybeans that could be going into the month here that are dropping leaves pretty fast here now. Uh, corn, I, I can't see anything before mid October at the earliest uh, at this stage. I think, but uh, you know, if we keep up with this 20, 25 degree weather. That was Morris area farmer David Hamlin. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. A new report released from Fertilizer Canada and the Canola Council of Canada shows a 14% reduction in greenhouse gas emissions by 2030 can be achieved without jeopardizing food security through the adoption of aggressive but attainable levels of 4R best management practices. Karen Proud is president and CEO of Fertilizer Canada. The whole concept behind the for our nutrient stewardship is that it's a sort of suite of practices that allow farmers to both maximize their productivity and increase their yields while also reducing emissions. And that's really the balance that's so very important when, when we look at this. And so the study looked at kind of the cost and what would be a realistic level of adoption of these sort of advanced practices across Canada. And that's how we got to the 14%. The report notes that farm incomes would increase by $4.3 billion by the year 2030. The cost to implement the necessary level of 4R BMPs would be $495 million per year. And with the possibility of rain later this week, farmers have been pushing to get as many acres harvested as they can. Justine Cornelson with Brett Young gave an update on the canola harvest. There's been a few acres come off, which is promising. Um, You know, bulk of that crop is still not quite mature yet. Um, We've got a lot of it going down in swaths just due to to variance in in crop maturity um, seen from this spring. But, you know, like I said, forecast has been promising and there hasn't been a frost yet. Um, So hopefully that can last a few more weeks without one of those. There was a few acres I know in the the south um, east corner that were taken off by straight cutting. Um, But we are seeing a lot of that stuff that's been down in the swaths for the last few weeks starting to come off. So it is it's moving in the right direction and we've got the forecast to get the job done. She says early yields have been fairly good so far. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have details on the latest Stats Canada production report. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.